Um, I don't think civil rights was taught enough in our in our schools at all. We heard, you know, slavery ended because Abraham Lincoln just signed a piece of paper and announced slavery was over. And then you didn't hear about anything again until the civil rights movement, until you heard about Martin Luther King. And like, there's so much more than that. Like, there's so much more that I feel like we have to teach because this is our history, you know? And that's the history guy in me is, is there's so much that was left out and that I didn't even know until college. So my guest today is a literal childhood best friend, neighborhood, uh, you know, rascal, we could say that. Uh, we have known each other since far too long. Uh, can't even remember. Grew up. Forever, man. Legion Bowl. Legion, Legion Bowl. <laughs> grew up uh, literally, I think there might have been tent houses between mine and his. Um there's just way too much to even comprehend. We went to uh, elementary, middle school, high school together. Um, still uh, stay in contact. Um, not nearly as much as, you know, we get to see each other nearly as much as we wish we could. Um, with me being in Florida and him still being up in Rhode Island. But uh, he is an esteemed baseball coach. Um, yeah. He has won uh, middle school state championships as a baseball coach. Um, Sort of, sort of. He um, just has a lot going on. He he does uh, so well. His family means a a lot to me. He's meant a lot to me for, you know, God knows how many years. Um, And he is newly running as the Cranston City Council Ward 2 so or running for Cranston City Council Ward Two. So uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have Zach, Mr. Zach Saylor, on the podcast today. Um, yeah, and and before we get started talking about me, yeah, I mean, I guess this is about me, but um, <laughs> I'm still waiting on my royalties for the uh, "I am, we are, life is limitless." Um, oh, okay, I Morgan, got you. You're right. I remember, and we were in Baldwin Hills out there in LA shooting your your intro video this this and right we were trying to figure out which one and i'm like dude why don't we do all three like why can't <laughs> we do all three it makes more sense it sounds cooler like that dude so, i'm taking my royalties on that one yes that was what uh we were on that mountain uh what yeah was baldwin it? hills that was, that was baldwin it? hills in la yeah we did the hike miles made me do the steps bro <laughs> last time i was out there you know these legs man these legs don't don't do well on those steps that was ridiculous um the fact that you even remember that is pretty insane you have a you have a really good memory though you always have (laughs) i've never i've never been the person to remember stuff like that um long story short i mean there's there's so much we can go on about um but i want to start hot and fresh with everything you have going on right now what 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 drove you at 20 are you 24 yet why don't i know that? no i'll be 24 i'll be 24 by election okay. by the election so august i'll be 24 um but yeah man this has been definitely like sort of like a pipe dream of mine for a while um but you know with with everything going on with the with the covid stuff it's like all right you know it's time to it, it it's time to make a difference so mm-hmm. you know i sit in my basement man it's it's just how it is and, and I think about all the stuff going on. It's like, hey, if I were in 
uh, Mayor Fung's shoes, what would I do here? Um, if I was in Gina Raimondo's shoes, what would I do here? You can even go all the way up. Um, so you almost sort of like wrestle with your own thoughts and opinions. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I go from far right to far left. Um, I interact with people on social media, far right, far left, and try to bring my ideas together because I, I don't really consider myself either party. I just want to bring people together. And, you know, obviously at the end of the day, we're making decisions for people. So, um, and then um, Ken Hopkins um, announces candidacy for mayor. Um, and I think it'd be really cool to work with him. Um, even though he's running a primary, I think working with either, either candidate would be awesome, but it would definitely be even better to work with Ken, who, you know, was a teacher at East for 40 years, um, gave his life to, you know, working with people. Um, he's an educator. Um, and we kind of are on the same track mind as, uh, as far as the vision we see for the city. Um, and then, you know, um, I have my niece who lives with us. Um, and with all of her, you know, all the struggles she lives with, I mean, doesn't seem like it because she's like the happiest kid in the world, but we want to make our schools, you know, able for her to go there and thrive. Um, you know, we want to maximize that potential. So it's definitely an inspiration to me. Um, but yeah, man, I, you know, I love this city just as much as anyone else. I'm born and raised here. So yeah, literally in the ward you're running for, you've been there for every single day of your life, uh, pretty yeah. much. And, uh, you, I mean, it goes back to like, we just grew up being the, the poster childhood kids. Like we were all yeah. around, we were all around that neighborhood. We were all around the city. Yeah. People knew us just for the fact that we were always around. We we're always doing something. Always well, and, and one of our biggest claims to fame, I think, Dylan, is when my brother was in fifth grade, they had like a school, um, like a pedestrian safety <laughs> presentation by Cranston Police. Yeah. And I think there was a video or a picture of you, me, and Matt walking across Rolf Street, jaywalking. Yeah. So I think that was our first sort of like claim to fame, like, hey, you know, these kids are real, real winners, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> these kids are going somewhere. The dare officer was telling the fifth graders, do not do what these kids are doing. Right. Dude, it's just, it's crazy, man. And I see people now that we grew up with, we went to school with, and it's like, it's just crazy. It's, you know, I love this place. So, I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. And obviously if I get in, I'm here for two years at least. So um, <laughs> the, the obviously is we, we put ourselves around good people from day one and we always navigated that so well and right. we always had our crew, but we always, you know, try to be, you know, let's, let's see if anybody else wants to become a part of like who we are. What yeah. And, we knew immediately when people didn't fit. We knew immediately when people fit like glue. And now we still have like this this cohesive group. And obviously I'm far separated from everybody and I don't stay in contact nearly as much as you guys do. Um, but all of you still live there. All of you still hang out all the time. It's like, hey, I'm free. Yeah. Who wants to go you know, grab a drink or who wants to go grab a bite to eat or go play a round of golf? Or, like you guys are literally always- Every day. Yeah. Every day there's something going on. So it's and pretty it's cool. Eight, eight, but, 10, 15 years strong. Sometimes yeah. with people like me, you and Josh and Fernie, like we go mm -hmm. back to second grade. Yeah. And one, and one of the things I always say to people, um, we grew up with like 12 parents, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And despite the at home life, I feel like 
they really did a good job at centering us and creating an environment for us to all hang out and not be, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, they created this environment for us that we could just, you know, feel comfortable together. And, you know, they knew uh, we're in their house, we're safe um, and we're not disrespecting them. And if they did, it was awesome because, you know, we'd go to Matt's house and if we were acting like little jerks, Chris would call us out for it. If we were at your house and doing the same thing, your mom would call us out for it. Or if I got in trouble at home, my mom told your mom and your mom would say something to me. So it's like, you know, we, we had these, this uh, like amazing support system. So, Without a doubt. Uh, so let's, let's bring a testament onto, onto the stage right now. I think this is kind of uh, 2020 at, the, at its best. Dad, me, me and Zach are in the middle of a podcast right now. Uh, we both wanted to say happy Father's Day. Yeah. Happy Father's Day, Chris. <laughs> Much appreciated. So uh, this guy's out on the bay right now. But, Dad, we were talking about how uh, we all kind of grew up with 12 parents <laughs> because we were at everybody's household. And, uh, yeah, all the time. We always had someone looking out for us. It's true. <laughs> uh, just the, the other day. Thing. Yeah, not the worst thing at all. Just the other day he was at your house, wasn't he? Yeah. He's fixing <laughs> my brother's door. <laughs> so there you go um but dad uh i yeah i will uh we'll catch up with you all right all right love you bye dude it it really was i lived at matt's house for um a week and a half yeah um in high school Bard lived at my house for a summer yeah yep yeah, it was just you know it's how it is man Brard is like our, our resident nomad. Yeah. <laughs> like you could call him and he, you know, he's in Chicago or, Oh, I'm in Rhode Island. I'm in this place. Like, dude, where are you? It's like, dude, where's Waldo? But it's like, where's Brardo? He texted me, bro. One time he was like, Hey bro, I'm, I'm sleeping in your bed tonight. I was like, <laughs> wait, that's it. <laughs> I didn't even know you were, I didn't even know you were in Rhode Island. He's like, yeah, man, your dad said I could stay over. <laughs> so uh that that's definitely been a huge part of um our ability to just navigate well I think we always had good people looking out for us including you know we had we had parents that were caring and they definitely gave us huge huge opportunity um and they sacrificed a, a lot a shitload like oh big time for us yeah I mean it's, I mean they still do they still do you oh, know my yeah. mom works her butt off um so appreciated and um, you know, I like to call her lazy, but you know, definitely, definitely not. She works, she works really hard. So, you know, your mom is she gets to be lazy sometimes. <laughs> your mom's far from lazy. Yeah. I'm still going to bust your chops. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, I think, I think all of that collectively, um, puts you in, in a great spot to, you know, know where the city needs to go, know what has been lost since we were kids. Um, like, for example, something that we're both super passionate about and is is on its way out and had to pretty much be saved was baseball in, in Cranston. Like, Little League and, and, and Babe Ruth, like, we lost, we, we were some of the last kids to get um, middle school sports. Like, all yep. of these things that I'm super passionate about physical activity and, and exercise and fitness and 
that's all we did as kids, bro. If, if, right. we, if we weren't at practice, we were playing our own. Right outside. Yeah. We're right we're outside. Playing basketball at your house, uh, at, at the, um, the church, at St. Paul's, at yeah. uh, Doric. We played manhunt. Um, at Waterman, we went to the play Like, just endless, endless, endless. Yeah, endless. And, and you know what? We, we did lose those things. Um, and that was super early in, in Marifung's career in Cranston. Um, and at that point, we were like in a crazy budget crunch um, with, with the recession and stuff. So um, we had to lose those things, but they've been since brought back. So we have middle school sports now in Cranston, okay. um, which is cool. Um, and we're trying to move into the future. So like we lost Waterman, like Waterman's closing but they made a multi-million dollar renovation over at Eden Park to make it so that these classrooms are more like capable to do 21st century learning. So like Waterman's closing and they're merging Eden Park, but Eden Park just got like the biggest facelift. And what we're trying to do is kind of move the, that as a model for the rest of the city. Mm. Um, because, I mean, you look at us now, man, it, it's technology. We're all meeting on technology right now and it's endless. Um, so what what we're trying to do is put our kids in that position to learn the technology um, and learn with the technology so that they can, you know, move forward, especially now, because it's so it's it's literally the most fluid generation we've ever seen in human history. Um, and it's it's controlling us. So it's it's, it's adapt or die in this situation. So we got to let make sure our kids are learning early because I didn't do anything. I'm sure you were the same way. We didn't do anything until we had like Mr. Lavin's sixth grade technology class. Yep, literally. We didn't, we didn't have that in elementary school. We had those slow Macs that sat in the back of the class and we didn't do anything with them. What was the guy with the um, super deep voice and the long hair? Uh, oh, Mr. Bowling. Mr. Bowling, Mr. yeah. Dude, yeah. I, remember, yeah. I remember learning the, the proper way to put your hands on a keyboard. I, like, Mavis I, Beacon teaches typing, bro. Yeah. Mavis dude, Beacon, I remember, dude. She was the yeah, best. The basic... Um, you know, how many words can you type in a minute? Like, yeah, super freaking elementary stuff. Mm -hmm. How to use PowerPoint. In a, uh, yeah, that stuff's so important. And yeah. it's crazy. You get exposed to it till, yeah, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. So what, what they're trying to do now is teach the kids. I mean, now it's, I don't even see us using textbooks. I see the future as not being textbook at all, especially now with distance learning. Um, we're not going to have snow days in Rhode Island anymore. That's a, that's a big thing that came out of this COVID um, crisis. And one of the big debates in education right now has been, do you do one technological device per student? You know what I mean? They call it like a one-to-one. -one. Yeah. Um, some schools do, some schools don't. Um, but I think now there's no choice. Like in the event that you do have to shut down for a pandemic like this or you're out for an extended period due to a hurricane or um, snow, whatever, in our situation. I mean, it, first of all, it's really good because our teachers can plan and, and they can be ready. And, you know, you don't fall a week behind in your lesson plan and then you crunch to get a test in or you crunch to get a project in. Now you can send that stuff home with the kids. That puts the students at the disadvantage. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. So I think for I call like the typical students, students that don't have um, any sort of learning disabilities or they're on an IEP, those kids I think will, will accomplish fine, but where we really have to figure out how to plan is for students with disabilities um, because they definitely, they get that one-to-one -one support in a classroom. Like I couldn't imagine my niece doing something like that um, 
just from my experience of working, you know, in the schools they're observing. Um, so that's where we really have to focus our attention on um, as far as the distance learning goes. And I'd love to see the data that's going to come out from this. Um, that's just, I guess, me getting my master's in education. Uh, but I think our typical, our typical students can, will, will benefit because you know what, they're going to go home. They're going to be able to web chat with their teachers. They're going to be able to work at a self-directed pace. Um, you know, they, they can wake up at 10 o'clock and do their homework or yeah. do what they have to do for the day. So it's good. It's bad. No more snow days. So no more, uh, you know, getting that call at 6 a.m., sleep until 10, and then, you know, going sledding at Waterman or something or at the prison. So, yo, um, that definitely stinks, but the kids are going to get out on time. Slash sled. Right. That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. And there's a lot to unpack with it. So, we'll see where it goes, but I think that it's the, it's the future of education. So, you know, granted, we're losing our Waterman, mm. but we're putting our kids in a better position to succeed. Um, and that's where we have to keep going in that direction. Yeah. We want to really make, you know, we have like 17 elementary schools right now in Cranston. Um, yes. I don't know what that, what that direction is going to be, what that number will be yeah. down the road, but we want to create a good, strong core. So no, that makes sense. Uh, and, and definitely, um, you know, we were part of a merger, right. Uh, when, um, one of the schools closed and, uh, or actually, oh, they split up. yes. So you weren't, I was, uh, yeah, no. Cause you left, you were in sixth grade when we closed, uh, Horton. Yeah, you were, uh, uh, man, I had, I had friends in, uh, in fifth grade that left. Oh, to go to Eden park. Yeah. 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 I do remember that. It was like, um, there were a couple people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Terrence Paquette was one of them. Um, oh, yeah, he had to do fifth grade, and Megan Lockett had to do the fifth grade over there. Yeah, it's, yeah so, so then the year after is when we got, um, when Horton closed, they made inclusion happen at Waterman. Mm -hmm. So that was the first time we saw the inclusion classroom where we had a, a regular ed teacher and a special ed teacher, yeah. um, and we were all in the same class. So that was the first time we kind of saw that, but... Uh, that's typical it happens everywhere so. yeah for sure because we we want we don't want to isolate we don't want to isolate our, our students with disabilities we want to kind of keep them involved because these kids can be brilliant I, I mean I've learned this in in my education classes is these kids can be absolutely brilliant but maybe they don't know how to write like they just can't do it and they need that one-to-one -one help and that's where technology helps and that's again this is where we're maximizing potential we're not going to hold a kid back because they can't write Maybe they can do it on a computer. Maybe they can do talk to text. Mm. Maybe they can have the text read to them. So um, it's a matter of getting them on, you know, in the same level as, as typical students. So oh, that's so true. Pretty cool. For a long time, and they're definitely still part of, part of education is still, you know, a asking a fish to climb a tree. And it's like, you, you just can't expect that to happen. You're, you're asking right. people to all pass the test based on the fact that you're taking one test and you have 40 different types of learners and people and yeah. experiences trying to mold into one. And it's, I think, I think if anything, I was listening to a podcast with Gary Vee um, that it was all talking Gen Z. What's, what's the difference? What are they like? What are, 
how are they um, in comparison to previous generations? What is the demographic of them? Um, you know, they're, they're the first generation, obviously, that's been fully inclusive with technology. Then they're on top of that, they lived through that first t- 2008 recession. Um, mm-hmm. They they understood that they were um, open to that, and then you have um, this whole thing puts them at like they're at like 18. They're in a major transition point of their life because 1998 and on is considered pretty much Gen Z. Um, so they're anywhere from like 18 to 22 and and younger. Um, so it, those are major transition points. And then the people coming up right now are just they're they're living in a world where um, uh, school shootings are normal. Um, like that, that's a part of like what they have to do. We used to do fire drills that is now yeah. fire drill. Like this totally, like so many different little nuances that we wouldn't even think of. Um, it was really, really cool to listen to. Uh, maybe I can send it to you. Um, yeah. It would give you some, some further insight. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it just goes to show too that they were also, they're also far more, um, um, willing to uh, respect and, and actually learn from their parents. That was something that I didn't expect to hear, um, yeah. to look up to them. That was, that was like, mm, interesting. So uh, they're far more um, like entrepreneurial in the sense that like they have ideas and they run with them as opposed to like just suppressing all of them. Um, and they, they have a voice. Not every voice should you know, necessarily be speaking at certain points, but, you know, everyone should have a chance to uh, experience that. And they definitely have that with technology. They're, they're fluid in the sense that they move from one place to the next without thinking about it. They don't worry. They're on to the next thing. Um, and I mean, that's very much the same way. Like every two weeks we had a new hobby and, you know, right. We had a new uh, thing going on. And I think we were trying to play sports that none of us played. Yeah. And we were trying to be competitive at that. But going to your point about about our Gen Z and and number one, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll relate it to the campaign, so I'll do a little self-promotion there. Um, so one of the things that I've noticed super early on in this, this whole process is, you know, I'm running Republican, uh, which I guess right now is not generally a good time to be a Republican. Um, but what I've noticed is I have a ton of my friends who consider themselves Democrats and more, you know, more liberal than where where I personally stand but they're behind me because they want to have a voice and I want them to have a voice just the same as I want anybody else to. Um, and I care about what they have to say. I might not agree with them what they have to say, but I, I genuinely care about it. And those are things that when you go and you vote, you know, that's my, essentially my, my role is to vote on different, you know, things that are going to come up about the city yeah. and, and they're going to be heard to me. They're, they're going to be heard no matter what. Um, and I've had friends, you know, message me that I never even thought would and say, hey, you know, we know you got our back. And and that's been the most like humbling thing for me. And it's definitely put me at ease uh, because almost like you're afraid to be a Republican now because of, you know, they think that you just disagree with everything. And I don't. There's a lot of things that I, I, I totally agree with, um, which is, you know, and, and I, I care about it, you know, so and I want people to have a voice. I'm not going to, you know, you have a team full of kids, right? And maybe 10 of them play on one travel team and two of them play for another. 
you're not going to leave those two kids out. You're giving them the opportunity to sit at the table. You know, you're giving them the opportunity to, you know, try their best and put their best foot forward. So I think that's the culture they have on the city council right now is they're really trying to work together despite the party, you know, the party boundaries. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely going to bring a much more diverse voice because I'm young and I have friends that associate themselves with different parties um, and that I care about that. So, you know, I, I personally, you know, again, I, I'm trying to kind of break down those barriers of, of party. Um, and then to your second point about uh, like entrepreneurship, we, my personal opinion, I guess, being Republican is I want to make sure that those kids can do what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want them to have to jump through all these different regulatory hoops that, you know, you might have to in, you know, some other cities. Um, and we want to develop this place. We want this place to look, you know, cool. We want small businesses here. Yeah. Um, if you, I mean, you remember Wall Street, man, we had, it was like a revolving door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's not what we want. We want like a small business to be stable and, you know, look at, I mean, now we have that pizza place, Batola there. We just opened coffee and crumbs, which is cool. Um, I've heard rumors of other small businesses coming in. Um, but what the city's been doing is they've been like facelifting Ralph street. They've been ripping out trees. They've been putting a new sidewalk and that's the stuff that attracts businesses. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of our, our counselors trying to make themselves available so that businesses can come in and bounce ideas off them. Um, and they know that our city has their back. I mean, we have a guy on the city council right now. He owns a thirsty beaver. Look how successful that place is. You know, they just opened their, I think, I believe it's their third location. I was going to say third. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's just to show like what support from our city can do. Um, so I'm more so of like a, a deregulate guy to yeah. try and make it so that small businesses can just pop up and, and feel like they, you know, they don't have hoops to jump through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I guess, as, as I said, that's the Republican in me is our government is here to protect our rights to do those sorts of things. We're not here to just hop in and jump into your business and really try to guide what you're doing and how you're doing it. It's let's, we're here to protect you. You know, I mean, you want to tell us what, what you're doing, but we're here to protect those rights for you um, and make sure that our environment is the best suited for you. So, you know, I guess, you know, that's what I really want to see going forward. And we've been doing that under Mayor Funk. True. That's so true. Uh, he's done a great job um, ever since. Giving out a property tax increase in eight years. Yeah, that's, that's, it's, you know, that's pretty unheard of. So uh, it's, it's cool to see um, you in this light. Like you can tell your passion, like just bleeding out, having the conversation, like throughout it, you, uh, you hit points where, I can see your mind just like boom, 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 hit point, point, point. And you, uh, I haven't heard you talk about a lot of this stuff yet. We don't, we don't get to yeah. up and, and have these conversations enough. So no. it's cool. I, I appreciate the shit out of it because um, it goes, it goes both ways when you don't see someone for a while, but it's, it, it doesn't take us, you know, anytime no, 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 no. conversation. It's just, um, things get lost without the small conversations, like the big ideas or the, the right thing of what someone's passionate about or where someone's coming from and what someone's learning on a day-to-day basis. And 
to see you thrive and, and take those steps forward and then take this onto your shoulders is, is super, super um, motivating without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely been a cool process and I'll tell you what, um, Brard gave me probably the best hint of advice. Um, kind of, I told him and he like called me instantly and, you know, at the time we were going through all the protests and the riots and, and it, it, that was a crazy situation and it's been a crazy situation. Um, and obviously my mind is working on how we move forward. Um, but the thing that, that was said to me that Brad really hit on is people want a voice and you know what? I, there's a lot of things that me and him kind of fall like way on opposite ends of the spectrum about. Um, but he said, people just want to be heard. And, and you know what, whether I have these, you know, conservative principles or, you know, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter. I, you know, I, I'm here to listen. And at the end of the day, I'm working for people and I'm not working for my party. I'm working for the, the people in the city of Cranston. And that's at this point is what's motivating me to, to, to do this. Um, and I don't want to see like, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to shake my hands and I'm going to meet people and I'm going to have people help me out. Um, and that's been great. Um, but at the end of the day, I have to run my campaign to help people and people just want that voice. And that's something that I'm going to try to keep really close to me as I, as I go through this whole process. And yeah, like the other day I got on a call, um, with, uh, there was this group of uh, students that are in college now um, at all different levels. Um, mo some of them went to Brown. Some of them are going to different schools, but uh, they've been passing around a, a petition to um, kind of create and, well, not kind of, but more so impl implement an anti-racist, um, I guess, ideology in, in our school systems um, from staffing to curriculum to how we um, report data and and I think to me that was so important because some of that stuff I definitely is stuff that I never would have thought of before but it was really important for me to just sit down and shut up and listen yeah because they had they brought great ideas to the table and I'm sitting there as they're talking to me thinking of ways that we can make it better for all of our students so and um, we we have to bring it make it a real point to make it so that our students are learning about these crazy times in history. I mean, insane. And it's so interesting. There's so much interesting stuff that they have to learn, but you know, they're focused on right now our curriculum history teachers are essentially are becoming expand, you know, English too, you know, they're becoming like, you know, they're writing stuff, they're reading stuff. Cool. But are we getting them to critically think about, you know, maybe America's wrongdoings when it comes to segregation or slavery and, and, that stuff is going to help us move forward. Um, we kind of have to break down that stigma of, you know, Abraham Lincoln kind of saved us all. No, there were so many slave rebellions before that that led up to that moment. Um, but the, even in the civil rights movement, it's more than Martin Luther King. So it's there. There's there's so much left out. Um, and I watched videos on this literally all morning. Um, it started with a uh, Muhammad Ali video, um, and he was talking about bro and i talked about this on the podcast yesterday there because i i was also unaware of so many things until i got to college and i took an anthropology class and a sports management class and throughout using both of those learning at the same time um i was asked to do a uh, sports management project 
regarding um, the transition of uh, major sports in the United States and how I ended up realizing and learning through all this literature that <clears throat> basically um, white athletes got so petrified of losing their um, their their talent right they're they're basically they were the only ones that were allowed to play major sports and they realized very quickly that they were not going to be able to be superior and be better than everybody else who wanted to play those sports you have uh, whether it was basketball or, or baseball all these different things so they just very simply said, okay, we're going to become owners and we're going to own you and you guys can play. And that was literally white America trying to say that I need to remain superior. I need to feel like I am still in charge. So mm -hmm. those things came into play. Then I'm listening to Muhammad Ali and he goes um, into a bunch of little nuances about, you know, um, why is uh, Tarzan – He's a man of the jungle living in Africa. He's portrayed as white. Um, why is it called, um, uh, there's a angel, angel ice cream or angel something and, uh, or angel cake is white. Uh, devil's, uh, devil's cake is chocolate. Um, why is, uh, when you're, you're talking uh, bad about somebody or you're trying to get at somebody, right? It's called blackmailing. Um, why is it that, um, angels are portrayed as white themselves, um, always, um, he went into like all of these little nuances and it's so minute, but they all play a role in subconscious thought and how we think right. these things, um, superior, good versus bad, good versus evil, all of those things. And he, he won the freaking U.S. He, he won the, the, the gold medal, the, the Olympic gold medal, right, for boxing. And he won it for the United States. He comes back to the United States thinking, well, I mean, I just, I just won this for our country. I shouldn't, I, I, regardless of, um, you know, inclusion or, or not um, going on in my hometown, in downtown uh, people of color, right, we're not allowed to, um, still go into restaurants and eat. So he was like, I just won the gold medal uh, for the United States. I just got back from the Olympics. I'm going to go, I'm going to go into a restaurant downtown and they wouldn't serve him. And he was like, just baffled. And it was like, yeah, there's so many things that people have no idea about that we were never taught about. There was, yeah. there was world history and social studies and, um, all of these different classes that were mandatory. And what were the electives? Do you remember? No, I mean, we didn't have that many. At, at Cranston East, there was one history elective that I remember. Yeah, as African-American studies, and I took it. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to learn about it. Yeah. But again, I'm not, you know what I mean? No, I'm a history major. There's not a lot of people that, that, that is a class in itself. And I do get that. And it's, it's, it's really hard to, with, with our curriculum, it takes a full rewrite and it's hard to implement everything in one year. And, and now our students are in semesters. So it's changed the way at East. As, oh, really? as, yeah. Oh. So they'll take like 
two core classes a semester and two electives in a semester. So, the, and it's a semester basis. So, and you know, from September to January, they take it and then Jan or whatever. I don't know when the midpoint is, but it's a semester. They get graded by quarter. They're broken down classes and semester basis. So they take those classes, like we used to take a seven day schedule, five classes a day. Now it's four classes a day that are longer with five days a week. So, um, it's, more so like, it's changed up a little bit, so it's really hard to compact that. And I'm, it's not an excuse for what what it is, but it like the African American Studies class itself is so important, and and there's so much to like. You don't want to leave things out, and and that's where we have to really work. Um, our school committee has to work on that, but it's more so our state level and our national level as to how we do that. Um, we can at, at our level, what we can do is we can only implement so much. Um, so that, that zoom call that I was on the other day was so interesting because people that are generally, again, might not agree with me politically and that's fine, but this is not an issue that is partisan. Like this is, this is us working together to try to make this place better. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the interesting tidbits, um, I've seen from that petition, um, is that they want to, or, or one of their motivations is to get this school committee or a school system to hire more applicants. Um, that aren't white and I think that's awesome this is what that's stuff that we want to do um, but I've taken uh, uh, education classes at three different colleges in Rhode Island yeah. and I think I've had one non-white student in at each school and at URI it was Jared Terrell who plays for the Timberwolves like he was not an aspiring teacher yeah uh, and that's fine but how are we how like this is at our level this is what we can do at our level how can we encourage more students to go into education mm. it's not a glorious field you don't get paid a lot trust me i'm going into it and I, and I understand it's not like i'm gonna i make more money now as working for for the bank that i do than i will as my first year as a teacher um and you have to be passionate about it so how are we going to expose our students to classes like this before they get to college mm -hmm. they can go to votech at west but what if they want to stay at east how can we create elective programs for, you know, social studies is includes psych and sociology. How can we include an education class is not far off from those. Yeah. And plus you're empowering your students. You're letting them come up like and teach. You're letting them, you know, a lot of the lessons have to do with them teaching in their class and getting up in front of people and talking, um, which definitely gives you confidence. And, I like that a lot. Like and, and when you go to a school like East who, who literally is at a 50-50 split in population, hmm. right? We're going to expose so many more, you know, potential teachers in that sense. Um, and, you know, the last time they said, that, I spoke to a teacher from East, and they work in the history department. They said the last time that there was an applicant of color was 2002. What? 2002. This is 18 years ago. So it goes to show that there's a lack of candidates and, and we want, I, I would love to see East have a, a reflective faculty as they do students. Um, so I think that that's important and that's something that we're definitely gonna take to the table and we're gonna listen and we're gonna figure out ways that we can encourage a, a diverse field. Cause it's, I, I wanna work with, you know, I, I wanna work in a, like a heterogeneous field. Like I wanna work with different kinds of people from different backgrounds. Cause that's how you learn. That's how you learn about people. That's how, you know, I are like, I love arguing with people who 
don't have the same opinions of me as me. I love it because it's it makes you smarter. It makes you learn more. Yeah, open and arguing, right? But like a controversial conversation is absolutely necessary, and it's hundred percent, hundred percent, and and that goes to breaking down walls. We have to break down that wall of Democrat Republican. It's this whole team that we have. You know, these six ward representatives and the three city council, um, citywide, and our mayor. We're all working together to help make our city a better place. We might disagree on how we get there. But our conversations are going to be good. Like we see, you know, in our city is it does they do a pretty good job at working bipartisan because we would have never had things, you know, like our Rolf Street is revitalized and it's getting there. But we have more to do. Our schools are not are going to get better too, um, and it's going to be incredibly difficult navigating after COVID because the money situation is going to be entirely different. Um, but on a city level, we have Top Golf going in pretty soon. That was a nine-nothing decision on our city council. Democrats, Republicans, everybody voted for it. That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Uh, so yeah. we have that Top Golf going on Sakonafit. Oh. So it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we're going to have a pretty cool city to come to. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, and it's it's uh, you get that's I mean a lot of cities in Rhode Island are like this in Rhode Island in general is pretty much, you know, you can, you can get so much of everything in a, in a little place, but Cranston is, I think the centerpiece of that. Big time, big time. Cause you have the Cranston, you know, you have West, you have, you know, the, the country clubs, you have the nice areas up there. Then you get to a little bit more historic, you know, you drive through Knightsville, yeah. you get to the center of the city. Um, we have the original high school that was built in Cranston is yeah. our school yeah um you have city hall you like then you can go back out towards the bay where you know and that's historic as well it's just beautiful all these older houses um but again this is this ward is our center of the city Mm -hmm. and that's what's so cool to me is you drive down main street in east greenwich like you look at that you have the greenwich odium at the top yeah so you know a little old theater that you know they bring in cover bands and comedy acts and you know all those things we have Park Theater right at the top of, of Raw Street. Mm-hmm. Why can't we make something that cool? Yeah. And and why not? Like, what what is our reason to not do that? For years, though, it was nothing. When we were in middle school, that was right. nothing. When we got into high school, nothing. and that started to turn into a cool place again. And the, my right. my, I remember my dad uh, taking Seth and Haley to go um, to Park Theater and actually right. watch a movie when it was a movie theater, like. Uh, there is, I mean, there's so many cool nuances and there's so much history in Cranston. And like you said, the, that ward literally where we grew up is the dead center city, I mean, dead center of the city. And it's um, just, you can go in any which direction and get whatever you want. You can right. go um, all the way down park um, till you, you run into Providence um, in the heart mm-hmm. of Providence. You can go. Yeah east until you hit the bay and the old you know mansions which are like newport mansion-esque right then you can go west and it's used to be all farmland and now it's um big development um uh you know new cookie cutter houses everywhere and yeah that kind of place and um hills and valleys and lakes and ocean and um you just literally you have everything you have everything there such a cool place um 
and always oh, like I'm coming home in a couple of weeks. I can't wait, you know? Yeah. It, it's getting there, man. And, and there's a ton, a ton, a ton of different options. And that's, what's cool about Roth street. And, and like, again, our city is so cool. It's so cool. And, and I, you know, it's somewhere where I think, you know, I've, we all, we all had our situation. I mean, you're out there now, but we've all had the situation where like, you know, screw this. I'm out. I'm leaving Rhode Island. I'm leaving Cranston. But then it's like, who's like, if we leave, who's going to do the work that is meant to be done? Do you want somebody that's going to come in from another city or another state or whatever? I'm somebody who's been here for, you know, my entire life. That's not that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've been here. I've lived through the, you know, our recession times. Like our, like I call it like the pre-fung era where it was nothing and we were losing money and we were making bad business investments and bad decisions. Then you get to the fung era where he's like, okay, I'm, I'm pro business. Like, let's make this place look cool. Number one. And number two, the businesses are just going to come in here. Like, there's business opportunity that, you know, you or I might not know about that, you know, maybe our city council struck down, but there's opportunity. People want to come here and open their business. Yeah. And that, that's awesome. And we have to keep, again, we, I don't think that we need a particular change. It's more so of how are we going to keep going in that direction? Yeah. Yeah. Cause if we stop now, what is, what, where are we going to go? Mm-hmm. We have to keep moving in that direction. And that's where I think, that I could be a big difference is I'm going to take our younger people that might be people that could potentially invest in our city mm-hmm. or that they want to, you know, raise their family here. Like that could be me at some point in my life. How is, how am I going to make this generation's voice heard mm-hmm. on a, on a council like that? So. Dude, and I, I love your um, perspective um, of like, we need to be bipartisan. Like I, I'm running for you know a side right i'm running republican but like i i believe parts of both sides and like i'm not i'm not running for the party i'm running for the people is that's an awesome freaking slogan that's great because yeah. there that is part of what you know this generation the our generation and this gen z generation is like listen there's people on every side making crappy decisions and mistakes mm-hmm. most of them is because they live and die by the sword they're they're not yeah. willing to take a step back and admit when they're wrong and they're not willing to compromise but mm-hmm. there's a lot more compromising happening these days and yeah media blinds that uh, but there's yeah. so much more compromise going on that we can ever really recognize and um, be comprehensive of and we're moving in this direction and of of politics in general that just need to be um the 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 barriers need to be broken down like you said right i've never stood on on a side i've I've never stood on a side of anything really there's ups downs there's valleys and 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 peaks and um ebbs and flows to everything we do in life and that's why i chose that that heartbeat because it is part of who we are it's our dna it's our frequency right it's the frequency that we operate on as humans there's up and downs every single time your heart beats every time you make a decision every time you bat your eyes every time you say a word all of that plays a role and um i taking this idea right i am we are life is limitless which is yours in general 
what if what if we made a shirt or what if you made a shirt that said um together we are limitless and it and your your logo and our logo clashed in the middle yeah. or you have or you have a logo on there and it says together we are limitless yeah i mean my my slogan mm-hmm. was let's go together let's yeah. go forward together we are going into the future of Cranston. this is 2020 yeah. like it's our 2020 election we're in a new decade you know i'm ringing in hopefully i'll i'll ring in 2021 being sworn in um in january of next year i think that would be like literally like the icing on the cake and it, awesome. it'd be so cool it'd be so freaking cool to have you know invite people back to you know be able to do that and and the whole thing is let's go together um so yeah, I think I think that'd be cool because you know your your slogan definitely rings in with us. Is we want to make Cranston like this place of limitless opportunity. So I think that'd be cool. So what's really cool, and I don't know if you saw this, but um, I had Melvin create a logo for me that is it's the L in the middle. Uh, in the middle, instead of the heartbeat, it's a limit. It's a, it's a city landscape. So it looks like building, but once again, it's up and it's down and, and mm. the T on the other side. So I'm, um, also making a shirt that says, uh, Cranston is limitless and Providence is limitless and Chicago and Miami. Yeah. And I'm making shirts for every city because people want to represent their city and people want this this sense of inclusiveness this this sense of bipartisan this sense of togetherness that's what we we are always seeking that's what we want um so we should definitely come up with some ideas and see if we yeah create something yeah I, I could see it i could see i could see something that says cranston is limitless have some like sort of cranston nuance there mm. um and then on the back, we get the let's go together. Yeah. I like I think it. that'd be cool. I think that'd be cool. That'd be, we can get some ideas out there. We'll get some clicks. Yeah, for sure. We'll get some, get some shares in this, <laughs> world, of, in this world of social so, media. If you're listening to this and you uh, have any more ideas for us or you like either one of those ideas, let us know. Uh, and uh, definitely also uh, throw your ideas out there. Cause yeah and people want to be heard man people want to be heard that's it and then you know hopefully i end up being that voice or being that ear and then that voice um and what i said to you know the group that i met with the other day is hey i'm on your team i'm on your side like i i believe in a lot of the stuff that you want to bring to the table and you know you you've brought up issues and it's my job to to address help provide the solution and and it's it's not just and that again this is it's not our role to completely be the solution the government is not the solution we're there to maybe give an option or give a directive but we're not completely the solution um again it's going to take a lot more than just our politicians to listen it's you know our parents and their parents and you know maybe your neighbor or whatever it's got to be like a group solution to how we address it so and it takes action it takes uh, right 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 and and i applaud the kids that or the the young adults that put that together it's you know it's really cool that see like i mean at 19 i was definitely not mature enough to handle that stuff Mm -hmm. 20 i might not have been either Um, but for them to get together and make a voice for themselves and maybe a group of students that 
you know, might have felt like they didn't have a voice. Um, but, you know, now it's time for those voices to be heard. And I think it's so important. I couldn't agree more, dude. I think um, you're doing a great job of it. Um, appreciate definitely just um, your passion for it and taking a leap in that direction because we have, we know plenty of people who are not driving after what they want. They're, yeah. they're driving, you know, down the middle lane because that's where they think they're supposed to be. And they're just kind of doing what they, um, you know, are told to do by society. Yeah. Um, you, you stepping up and taking this role and taking on this, this, you know, responsibility is huge. It's great. And it, and it, yeah. most of all, um, most of all, it's leading by example, which mm -hmm. we need more of, dude. We need more of. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what is on the forefront of, of your mind, um, for Rhode Island in general? I know you, you know, might not want to, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, I guess, flaws of every city, state, country, region, whatever. Um, but I just want to see us have a community that invests in our young people, which is important. You know, we want to invest in our schools. We want to invest in our athletic programs. We want to invest in our fields and our playgrounds and our parks um, so that kids have an outlet. Yeah. So that, you know, maybe they're not in a situation, um, you know, that they could get in trouble. Um, that's really important. Um, and two is creating a, a culture of small business. That's literally so important. I mean, you're a business owner. Um, you kind of do your own thing. But the whole, we want to create a culture of people that can think and provide a really good service to people and make it so that it's accessible and cheap. You notice, you know, you have a lot of these companies, these huge companies that, you know, there's a lot that drive us. You know, what will we do without Amazon? What will we do without Walmart? But, you know, you want to be able to go down to the mom and pop. You want to go to the derpy hardware, but you want to make it easy for them to open um, and stay afloat and, you know, maybe not pay so much in, you know, business taxes. And, mm -hmm. and you know, that's the big, those are the big buzzwords are, you know, tax, tax, tax. And, but maybe, you know, circulating money via, you know, spending, you know, consumer spending is, is such a big revenue generator mm -hmm. that, you know, that we could look at and, and, you know, we want to make it so that our businesses are popping up. We want to make it so that our money is circulating all the time. So we have money to invest in building a brand new school or money to invest in putting, you know, building that beautiful facility at Cranston West that they just built. You know, they finally have their own place to play. And Cranston East finally has their own place to play. Yeah. You know, the stadium is now Cranston East. And I think that's so, it's, it's good and it's bad. I love that Cranston East is going to have that. I'm going to miss, you know, the back-to-back -back Friday nights where maybe we'd go to a Cranston East and then a Cranston West game the next weekend because we'd have friends playing on the other side. Um, but, you know, I think that it's it's so important that we kind of invest in our, you know, this generation because going forward, they're, they're our future leaders. Um, and, and, again, as I said, I, I'm so, 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 so pro-business. You know, that's our backbone. Small businesses are backbone True. of Cranston, of Rhode Island, of our country. That's it. And and my goal is to try and make it easier. I maybe if I'm a voice that can help get that business to go further. Um, that's that's where I want to go, and, and that's kind of the vision there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we want to make this place as affordable, as safe, 
and as forward thinking as possible. Mm. So, so you know, points. you're focusing on, um, on themes, which is good. You're focusing yeah. on it on themes. Um, and you're not, you're not tied to, uh, one thing at a time. Um, you're, you're, you're yeah. tied to the, the overarching goal moving forward, which is, that's it. Yeah, people get too, uh, too caught up in the nuances and the small things. Um, that's what I see most often. Yeah, and then, yeah, I mean, I still got a campaign to run, um, which has been insane. I'm literally, I haven't even taken a dollar from a single person yet. So we're on that. We're a literal, I'm a literal grassroots campaign. Like, I have no corporate investment. Like, I have no business sponsors or anything. So this is going to be a campaign funded by, you know, me my friends, family members, uh, neighbors that are gracious enough to give because uh, it does cost money to run a campaign to get, you know, the signs and to get bumper stickers and to get mailings out there. And I think that it's so important that I'm like, I'm getting on that train next. <laughs> um, the finance is, is going to be insane. I have, and I'm lucky to have friends like, like Miles is going to be the treasurer of this campaign. So that's um, so- you know, he's, he's been so like awesome. He's been reading all the campaign finance laws and trying to make sure that, you know, we're obviously going to be doing it by the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as I said, I still have a campaign to run. So, you know, word's going to be getting out there and um, about how to give and where to give um, so that we can get this campaign running. Um, yeah. So whenever that happens, bro, I need to know immediately. Yeah. For yeah. one, I'm gonna push the crap out of it, and for two, I'm gonna give. So, yeah. Um, what is it like, um, for like Harrison, like for from like the perspective of like you're trying to do this, and like what is, what are his thoughts on that? <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So I, you know, it's kind of been in the works for a while, probably about a month or so. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of like low key telling people here, or there, you know. I'm like, okay, today I'm going to text Dylan, Brard, and Robbie and tell them, you know what, I'm running. I'm going to tell Josh Miles and Corv that I'm running when I see them. So I've been like really focused on telling all of my friends. I forgot to tell my brother and Corv brought it up around my brother. <laughs> and and that's how my brother found out that I'm doing this. Um, he's not, you know, he's on board. He, he gave me a share. He gave me a like. Um, he's been pushing it. So I think he's on board because I think he's sick of hearing me tell him what I want to do instead of just doing it. So, um, but it is funny. I did forget to tell him. Corf was like, dude, your brother didn't even know you were running. I'm like, oh man, that's not good. <laughs> that's hysterical. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's been literally the last few days have been incredibly overwhelming. Like I've looked at my phone more now than I have ever in my entire life. Um, I fielded more phone calls. Like right after this, I'm going to meet with um, somebody that's on this, the uh, school committee um, just to kind of discuss our ideas going forward. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just, you know, I've had the pleasure of um, meeting with, you know, Ken Hopkins has given me some advice. Um, the Republican committee has been really awesome in helping me out. Um, we have a first time candidate in our neighboring ward in ward six. His name's Matt Riley, who he's also running his first campaign, but he's been um he's been you know out in fundraising and all that stuff since um since November so he had me you know he called me up and said hey man I'd love to meet with you um get you started on the campaign so he met sat me down explained everything that had to do with 
you know, awesome. bank account and where to go for promotional stuff and, you know, how to get started and what our vision is going forward. So it's been really good. Um, and, you know, I can't thank those people enough. It's just been incredible, incredibly overwhelming. And even the people, as I said, are my classmates that I've been sharing stuff, my friends, my family that, you know, I, I've never received that much attention and I've never wanted that much attention. But at this point, you know, sharing that stuff has been just, you know, incredible. And, and I've seen, uh, you know, a ton of shares, a ton of likes, a ton of comments, a ton of texts and, I haven't answered every single thing. I've really tried to make a point to, um, but yeah, it's been incredibly humbling. It's it's really cool. And it eases your um, your possible like second thoughts about doing all of this for sure. Right, yeah. right, right. And as I said, you know, I got a comment from somebody said, you know, we know you're gonna do right, and that's what my goal is. And you know what, I might make a bad decision here or there, and I want to hear about it. Like I want people's criticisms and I want that like that realness yeah and, and it's and I'm going to bring that to the table like you know I'm not I'm not going to be afraid to call somebody out and I think I'm not going to be afraid to bring that you know bring a debate forward so so question you you are working with um the youth as well as a baseball coach right and that in and of itself it just speaks about mm -hmm. your your actual desires to take action not just like talk about oh we need to be you know people of the youth and support them but you're teaching and, and coaching a 14u team right now for baseball what what are some of the things that like you're trying to ingrain in their heads as they're evolving like i have a i have a mentor right now i have a mentee right now i should say um he is a sophomore in high school like i know some of the things that i'm trying to ingrain in him what are some of the things that as a coach you like small conversations you might have on the side? Mm -hmm. um, what, what are some of those things? So one of the big things that I've been really trying to push with my kids is not to take themselves so seriously. Like don't take yourself serious at all. It, like you have to be able to laugh. You have to be able to talk. You have to be able to like do stuff. I, you know, I showed up to this team and it was very like, they went out, they played catch and they were just really you know, dead set focused on playing catch was silent, you know, no chatter, you know, and they were kind of again lazy. So what I said was, you know, what, guys be loose. Like I want a loose environment here. I don't want you guys to feel like if you mess up, we're done or we're going to get mad at you. Be loose. That's cool. When yeah. it's your time to go up there, you know, it's your time to go hit, it's your time to focus in a drill or, you know, take ground balls. You're, you're locked in. Like you got to flip the switch of being locked in. So you go from being a good teammate somebody who can sit there, you know, talk to your other teammates. Joke around. you got to be able to, you know, when it's time to work, it's time to work. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that I've definitely brought forward. Um, one of those things is, you know, just relentless. You have to be relentless. Um, you know, those guys that are out there diving after balls, taking the extra base, or those are the greatest teammates that you could possibly have. Um, but, and, and then the other thing is just be a good teammate, be a good leader, be somebody – um, and somebody that I've always, always, always brought up teammate, best teammate I've ever seen, um, work it was, was John Rosino, a phenomenal teammate. Um, he was a guy when I was a freshman, he was a senior. He was like, you know, the big, you know, he was the guy that everybody yeah. at Cranston East looked up to good athlete. Um, I was a freshman again, I'm on this big roster of kids, you know, I was a JV player as a freshman because mm. all of us were um john rosino you see him in the hallway every day he'd dap you up 
and say, hey, man, what's going on? Hey, Zach, what's going on? He'd have the name and he'd say, what's up to you? You know, no, there was nothing like he he wasn't bigger than anybody. You know, he was he was, but he was just a great teammate, um, somebody that was always there, fired up. He brought 100 percent to the table every day. Um, and it's not the physical, it's the mental. So he was there locked in all the time. And I thought that was so cool about him. Um, just as a teammate, you know, again, just going to shake somebody's hand and say, what's up when they're a new guy or a new teammate or a young kid, you know, that that guy has your back. So there's nothing bigger that, you know what I mean? There's nothing better than that as a teammate you know, to look forward to. Yeah. Meeting is a, is a great that we, we need to, um, we need to build more of, and I think through the education system that can be taught as well. Um, right. It's just being, being a leader in class, um, by doing things like, um, bringing your ideas to the forefront of class by the curriculum, giving that opportunity, Mm -hmm. um, that opportunity forward. Um, and it's, it's like one of those things when you're in high school, you're like, oh, I got to give a presentation. Yeah. But the more that we subconsciously just kind of ingrain it and make it normalized, the, For sure. the more it gets the, the the less it gets bashed for things like that it's um it, it's such a it's such an a necessary tool like absolutely necessary we it, yeah. just the ability for you to call somebody that you have no idea and network with them when I moved down here, I had no choice but to network. I had no choice but to have conversations with all the people that I drove and lift an Uber yeah. and hand out my business card. And dude, it, it, those those things throughout school can give you confidence to do, to do that and yeah. not, not feel so lost when you get into this world at 18, right. at 22, at right. 23, whatever it may be. Yeah. And that's something I'm going to do literally right now. I'm going to network. I'm going yeah. to meet people and talk to them and trying to figure out what, how we're going to do it. I'm going to meet a Democrat. Like it does not matter. It does not matter. And that's something that like I've been telling people is like, we're working together. Like this city is so cool. In, in that sense is we're working together to try to make this place a better place. And we're going to, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. And you know, now it's time to put my foot on the gas and really, you know, make those connections. So yeah, it's been pretty cool. For sure, bro. I can't, I mean, I can't even imagine what it what it's like, what um, spotlight you're putting yourself in. But I I'm super super happy for you uh, taking a step and doing this because regardless of what happens, you have made a name for yourself and you've you've made a point, and you will make a point for people our age, for people in our friend group, and for your family um most importantly the the closest people to you that uh it's it's all possible it's it's all within reach and we have to we have to step up in order to be heard at any point we have to step up and we have to talk that's it that's That's all we're doing man that's we're moving super simple dude where where can everyone go um tackle the um, opportunity to learn more about your campaign or just learn more about you in general um, and what you're up to. So um, as of right now, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, working on web design right now. 
Um, both are, so my Facebook is Zach Saylor for Cranston City Council. My Instagram is just Saylor for Cranston. Um, like, follow, share. I've been kind of pushing it, but, you know, try not to push it too much, you know, because too much content, I don't want to be watered down. Um, as of right now, um, I have my announcement, official campaign announcement on there, um, which I did in like a Dear Cranston form is like, I'm trying to write a letter to the city I grew up in and say, hey, let's go, let's go forward. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been a big thing. Um, and then I have like a thank you on there because I, I mean, the overwhelming support's crazy. Um, if people want to volunteer, because, you know, getting into the summer months, I'm going to need people to help me go door to door and drop stuff off and lit drops. And, you know, those things are really important. I need people to help me get sign locations. That's also important. Um, you can message me on there on either platform, or you can email me at sailorforcranston at gmail.com. If you want to sign, if you have a question, if you want me to address something on a post, um, I'm going to be trying to come out with like a weekly, how are we going to move forward post? Um, so I want people's opinion on what we're going to do to get there. And, uh, you know, I'm going to propose possible solutions and, you know, hopefully they're good enough, you know, to earn a vote. So. Yeah, for sure, dude. I think um, you can definitely utilize um, those, those platforms to hear people's opinions and, and let them be heard through there. Um, and that's yeah. a awesome idea I've, I've found lately that like putting random you know you've seen some of my things on facebook you ask questions and people love 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 to comment yesterday i had mm -hmm. i want to say like 30 people comment on a what's your favorite book post mm -hmm. just very simple yeah you can um you know talk about the pothole on ralph street or what 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 business would you like to see on the corner of park and reservoir you know mm -hmm. burger king's closing right no, Burger King is open. Uh -huh. Open, they renovated. Yeah, Burger King fully renovated. Burger King on Sakanasa closed. Oh, okay. I knew some. They, they, they did a pretty good renovation. So, I was gonna say, dude, that was like our Burger King. That was... Yeah. After school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nothing like a good dollar rodeo and a coke. <laughs> Eat healthy, kids. Um, <laughs> I have one more question for you. Um. In 10 years, where do you see yourself? Oh, shoot. That's bad. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, I mean, I, I get this seed and I can maintain it for and do, do well in the next 10 years or the next eight years at least because um, that's the term limit. Um, I don't see myself, again, at this point, it's, I'm so early on in my, my political process. I don't see myself really going anywhere further than Cranston. Um, but... Um, big goal is hopefully, you know, uh, I'm pretty modest with my goals, man. I want to be a teacher. Um, I want to work in an inner city school, give back to kids that, you know, might not be as advantaged as we were growing up, um, be a voice, be a role model, be a leader. Um, hopefully, you know, still working as, as somebody, as a voice for people in Cranston. Um, and more importantly, man, I want to be a coach. Uh, you know, that's what drive, that's, that's what's driving all of this. Um, coaching, leadership. I mean, you saw it in action, man. You saw one of the craziest games I've ever been a part of as a coach. Mm -hmm. um, you were there. I remember it like it was yesterday, you know, North Cumberland Middle School. Yeah. And I was coaching for Lincoln. We beat like the best team, best middle school team I've ever seen. It's crazy. Um, and it's crazy because there's a kid on that team that's in the NHL now who got drafted by the Canadians. So, wow. yeah, it's wild. It's wild. So, so cool. um, but yeah, man, I, you know, it's really just being a voice for others and, you know, using my role as somebody that's vocal to provide and and you know maybe give others that voice so yeah. 
That's I just got the chills. <laughs> Dude, man. I mean, you remember you guys? You guys drove it, man. You guys, you guys started it. You guys really pushed me. You know, I, I'm a still, you know, still have those lazy principles here and there. But you know, I, I think of you telling me to, you know, move my butt, or Matt kind of pushing me not to be a punk or whatever. Yeah. You know, those things are they're ingrained in us, man. Still, yeah, still like it was yesterday, man. And that's why I commented on your post the other day. Coffee milk, hot tub. <laughs> burger hold the cheese because those are like our our memories man dude um i showed that to Haley the other day uh when you when you commented it we were both at work <laughs> she lost it she was like oh my god nobody nobody knows you better than your friends from when you know back in the day those middle school and high school days it's crazy right. i mean crazy. Eric's at, dude eric's at my house every day <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, man. Wow. It's nuts. So funny. But hey man, um go do your thing networking. Um it was That's it, man. Thank you. Awesome. It was so cool to hear your ideas um and, and just the passion bleeding out from everything that you collected over the last couple of years. Um, through education, through networking, through coaching, all of that stuff. Um, it's it's moving you in the right direction for sure. So uh yeah. I I appreciate it because that's yeah. motivating me without a doubt yeah thanks for the platform man this is this is really important for me going forward um it's just having that voice man it, and with covid it's not like i can go door to door so thank you for giving me the platform to articulate my ideas and you know again just make people feel confident in me so appreciate it of course dude i love you uh say uh say hi to everybody up there bye bro including the fam and uh all the friends all right of course bro all right. Bye, man. Peace out, dude. Later, bro. Next time, everybody, be limitless. My goal with this LT360 podcast is not only to bring you the best guests, stories, and lessons, but also the best products and services that span all markets and industries that will allow you to create a limitless lifestyle day in and day out. So listen in for these amazing deals. Shout out to all my fellow athletes and health enthusiasts out there. Did you know that your typical average pill or capsule based vitamin or supplement takes anywhere from 48 to 72 hours to actually be broken down in your stomach and begin to get digested? And upon digestion, about 70% of what is on the label is going to be utilized by the body. So stop wasting your time and money on basic everyday vitamins. It's time that you start to understand the science behind it. And it's time that I introduce you guys to Isotonics. Isotonics brings to you the world's most advanced nutraceuticals. They are taking science to a whole nother level when it comes to vitamins and supplementation. A true holistic approach. Iso means same and tonic means pressure. So these isotonic vitamins, which are powders that you mix with water, are going to be recognized by the body as blood, sweat, or tears. And when you digest them, they get bypassed through the stomach straight into the small intestine. So absorption can begin in less than five minutes. On an empty stomach, 
90% of what is on the nutrition label can be absorbed in just under 30 minutes. It's something that is unprecedented and unmatched in the industry. You cannot feel the difference with vitamins like you can feel the difference with isotonics. So the delivery matters and to give you guys proof, I want you to be able to check out and learn for yourself and experience it yourself. Feel that isotonics difference. So head over to shop.com or isotonics.com backslash limitless theory and check out all of the amazing, amazing isotonics, vitamins, and supplements that you can get your hands on and get 10% off your first order using code 10 off ma 10offma all capitalized at checkout for 10% off and just know when you start to buy isotonics on a regular basis not only will you get 10% off your first order and additional orders in the future you will also get 2% cash back on anything you spend and if you put it on auto ship, you can save an additional 5% on every order. The opportunities are endless and the difference is felt. So make sure to go get yourself some isotonics and start to feel the difference for yourself. These times are, there's one thing that we can count on to keep us connected and that is the one and only video conferencing platform zoom zoom is an amazing platform it's the very platform that i use to record the visual portion of the lt360 podcast i also used it today to share a business plan and stay connected with someone that wanted to learn more about products and services that we offer and i also used it to train a virtual personal training client this morning it is virtually simplistic very simplistic anybody can use it and we just scored an amazing amazing deal as unfranchise owners you can get the 160 dollars valued membership through zoom for just $9.99 per month instead of paying $160 per month for unlimited recording access and storage and tons of other features you can pay $9.99 per month and save nearly $1,800 per month you best believe it I signed up I created and transferred my account over to this pro account and I will not be looking back because that $9.99 per month that I'm paying also comes with a residual 15% IBV commissions. Each and every month that I pay out $9.99, I'm getting 15% commissions on that in the form of IBV. And I cannot think of an easier and better way to stay connected with my team and help my team get paid. So make sure you head over to your back office, go to my account, go to my services, and look up Zoom video conferencing. You will not be disappointed. Let's all use Zoom to help us stay connected and get financially fit together. 
What's up, Luminous Theory Tribe? Hope you enjoyed the episode. I wanted to take a second to give you an opportunity to save 10% off on anything in the Limitless Theory apparel store. Everything from beach towels to coffee mugs, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and tank tops, and much, much more new styles rolling out all the time. Use code LT10 at checkout for 10% off LT10 at checkout, all capitalized for 10% off anything Limitless Theory apparel related. And all you have to do is take a picture and tag us so that you can get 10% off again. What's up Luminous Theory Tribe? Hope you enjoyed the episode. I wanted to take a second to shout out a childhood neighbor of mine, Victor Rosa. He just started a new podcast. Would love for you guys to go support. It's called Real Recognize Real. Just two dudes who love movies, all right? They are going to watch all the movies they can so they can give you quick and insightful reviews on them. These guys have education backing these reviews they're not just throwing out random opinions once again they're going to see the movies so that you don't have to so go check them out real recognize real peace